Hey, friendos, welcome to the Road to Nowhere, a Marvel Champions LCG podcast. We focus on recapping Solo Champions League, but if you enjoy breaking down the finer details of a Marvel Champions matchup, then we have something for you. I'm your host, Joss Aru, and with us this week, regular guests. Greg, Greg, how are you doing? Doing very well, Joss. It's been a moment. I'm so glad the podcast is, is up on its feet again. Uh, Innsmouth Bear took some time off to have, you know, a baby. Um, uh-huh. So uh, I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad w- w- things haven't atrophied uh, totally here. We're we're we're, we're seem like everything's going going back to its old way, which which is good. A baby bear, if you would. Yeah, little baby bears. You know, they're some people call them cubs. I but I, I don't I don't cotton to that. Baby bears are cuter. And Gondo, hello. Hello, I'm happy to be back on the air after some hiatus. Oh, well, first of all, catch-up time. So we had a very big break in between seasons 15 and and 16. What did you you two get up to for Marvel Champions stuff in that interim time? I know Gondo and I both have spreadsheets, right? So Gondo, do you, what what was your spreadsheet action when we were when we were taking time off? Oh, I don't track by date and maybe that's a flaw of mine. <laughs> However, um, I, I believe the timing shakes out such that I did some uh, next evolution campaigning. I did some exploration of the new heroes, Angel and Psylocke. Um, kind of most of it, exploring some two-handed solo as a way to expand my horizons within this game because I figured mm-hmm. out how to do two-handed solo on my spreadsheet, where previously that was the barrier. It didn't work, but... <laughs> Turns out it's simpler than I imagined to do that. I can't engage in this because I can't track it. Exactly. Right. It doesn't exist. Yeah, the data would be skewed prior. What about you, Greg? Uh, I was doing spreadsheet stuff too. Um, I try to win with every hero with every as- aspect. So I made some 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 progress on filling in some gaps. Turns out there was a... A rogue Valkyrie one, and so, so some of the some of the lesser liked heroes still had a few uh, to fill in. Uh-huh. Um, I did play other Marvel stuff. Uh, it's it's crazy that I I look at my game collection. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got Marvel United. I could try that again. I got Marvel Dice Throne. I could try that again. And then, like a sucker, like a total sucker, I, they just put out a Kickstarter for Marvel Dice Throne X Men. And I'm yes. like, well, I like X Men more than the other guys. <laughs> like, so, and it's, uh, and this is a test to, t- to see if my wife actually listens to this podcast. Cause I'll say, just between you guys, I did pledge it and it's, it's a lot of money. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if I get in trouble or not, <laughs> depending what my wife listens to this. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Oh, boy. I, I like, I like this test. It's really, really funny to me. The, the 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 plan is I will say just make it a Christmas present for me in which case then I'm off the hook but but right. but if it doesn't notice it then I can get a Christmas present and <laughs> I can get the X Men stuff so it's a twofer yeah I I noticed this uh, Dice Thrones I've not played Dice Thrones before but I am attracted to the solo co op aspect of it and so I will probably engage at some point oh I'll wait to hear your review. Yeah, with the new Kickstarter, they they already have a cooperative uh, like Dice Throne Adventures thing where you, yes. you play like kind of robots. But with the new Kickstarter, there's like a Marvel specific uh, co-op solo uh, variant that's part of it. That was the attraction of it. It was you get X-Men and you get this. I mean, we're the solo Champions League. I mean, it's solo Marvel stuff. I mean, exactly. we're, we're addicted to it. Addicted to Marvel Snap and Midnight Suns, all the Marvel stuff. Yeah, we have just two characters for Dice Throne, but it's a nice little short game every now and then for us. I enjoy it. It's 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 kind of an underrated game in that they the the it, it tends to be closer than than I expect most of the time when I play Dice Throne. It's 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 battle Yahtzee essentially, right? It's just punch punch punch, but it's uh it's it's pretty fun. Appreciate your uh, capsule review. Zzz. Yeah, my teenage son and I have been playing a lot of Marvel Champions. Actually, we've just been playing a lot. We just switched over and been playing a bunch of Too Many Bones. But we 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 had played through all the villains and all the heroes. I think the totals are really close, so you can 
introduce somebody to every single hero and every single villain in the game in a single play through all the content so we had we had lots of fun and got to know everything and he's all pumped to go to connie heroes we'll see if his enthusiasm stays high enough to actually go but we'll well you know we'll cross that bridge later so every hero that, that is a lot of content yeah um i don't think it <laughs> i don't yeah. think it started in the i don't think it was the break of season 15 to season 16 that we did this entirely in but definitely did a lot of it during that time that's impressive wow yeah well you know enthusiastic teenagers what are you gonna do I've I've tried to trick my son into playing, and uh, I I said pick your hero, and he picked Doctor Strange, which we all know is you know very easy to win with, Um, and he seemed to have an okay time. Um, And it's funny, my daughter's boyfriend likes playing a lot of board games, and he likes crunchier games, so he we've played like terraforming Mars and that kind of stuff together. But I keep flirting with saying I we should play Marvel Champions, and he's like don't like it, like. But, 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 but yeah, so it, just the Marvel thing is turning him off. Right. So I need I need to nerdy it up. I need to like put mustaches on all of them and say it's a different thing. It's Spirit Island. That one's crunchy. Tell him it's Spirit Island and then I bring out champions and that's then right. we all win. Spirit, Spirit <laughs> Island has a lot of like costume villains in it. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. Spirit Island. I also love Spirit Island. The Marvel champions is what we're talking about, right? Yes, I think so. So we're we're going to talk about season 16 round 1. And the things we have is we have Black Widow in all the aspects. And of course in Solo Champions League basic counts as an aspect so that the five player alliances um have something to actually play. Played against Ebony Maw with Ship Command, Black Order and Bomb Scare. Did I get it all? Yes, and there's a Element of which didn't affect this round, but this season, there's going to be, a, I think, a bit of a story where, depending on how you do, you're going to get credits to buff your decks uh, for future rounds because we're already seeing that in round two now. Right. So, and yes, and this is a Hydra in space. So we're seeing stuff across the first three big boxes. Right. And sounds like it feels like Ship Command has been, is going to be a part of it throughout because i guess we're in space and then hydra <laughs> people are <laughs> showing up although I don't, did hydra hydra didn't show up this round but they definitely show up in round two uh bomb scare has some hydra minions oh there you go yeah that was my job <laughs> uh yeah yeah there a couple, couple hydra bombers in there that's right that's right so a few a few but not as much as round two uh it's the breadcrumbs to a larger narrative so who who wants to give us a quick reminder of uh the black widow-ness of it all I can talk about Natasha Romanoff. She was originally supposed to be played by Emily Blunt, but then that did that didn't work out. So, uh, sorry, we're not talking about the MCU. We're talking about the uh, the actual Marvel champions. It's it's been a while, um, but uh, yeah, she's a she's a fun hero. Um, she, her her style is built around uh, preparations, and it's the one type of card that there's not a lot of in the in the kit, but. Tasha has uh, f- uh, three different types of preparations in her kit, and then there's other preparation cards from aspects that you can augment. The preparations are basically cards that you kind of lay out there, and they get triggered uh, if a certain thing happens, often on the villain phase. Um, so the three that she has in her kit are Attack Robotics, which is maybe one of the best named cards in the whole game. Agreed. Uh, which... <laughs> which cancels boost icons and then deals them back as damage. So you 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 take less damage and you give it. Um, there's Widow's Bite, which deals damage and stuns minions. And my favorite is Grappling Hook, which flat out cancels treacheries. So your shadows of the past or your, your really bad treacheries can, can go away. Super good. Um, and then every, depending what aspect you're playing, you can pull in preparation. Uh, I, I think there's at least one preparation in every yep. aspect, but like counterintelligence yep. is, a, is a good one for justice or rapid response is, is a great one for leadership. Um, so you can, you obviously add those. And the reason you'd want to do that is because she not only has a kit that gets kind of built around buffing or triggering extra stuff around preparations, and then her actual uh, hero powers and alter ego powers uh, help it. So if you're in hero mode, when a preparation is triggered, you add a point of damage, which can be really helpful. Uh, if you're an alter ego, when you play a, a preparation, you can get a card draw out of that. So again, lots of reasons not only to play preparations, but to flip a lot because you get that that extra card piece. 
Um, and then there's uh, you get two Black Widow's Gauntlets, which can give you resources for for those cards. Sing Suit readies you when you play them. Safe House uh, lets you uh, fish uh, alter, uh, preparations out of your uh, discard to your hand. Um, and then maybe my favorite uh, interaction here is a Winter Soldier, which is, gets discounted for every preparation you have in play. He's normally a four cost. You can get them for free if you really have a lot of preparations out, which often happens. Uh, so that's super fun to play this big beefy ally for nothing. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of us, and that's the majority of her kit. The, the rest of the thing, she has a, a two kind of interesting cards. One is Dance Dance of Death, which uh, gives three different attacks for one, two, and three damage respectively, which is super helpful if there's like a tough or you want to you want to like knock out a a minion and then put the rest on Ebony Maw. Um, super, super cool that it's three separate attacks. Um, and then you have uh, Covert Ops, which is one of the rare kind of uh, cards that deal with threat that you can play an alter yep. ego. It's just an action card, not a hero action card. Um, and so it, it adds, it takes off three, four threat and it adds a confuse. So not only is it something you can play an alter ego, but it helps you get to alter ego without having to worry about popping this, the, the scheme. Um, so yeah, um, Really fun hero to play. Um, you have to, you know, pilot her in a, a more deliberate way than an easier hero. But when you do, it, it's really satisfying. So, Greg, where on your enjoyment list do you think she lives? It's a great question. I think she's probably in the top third. I think uh, we, we did this um, on the server earlier this year. Um, we had people kind of rank everyone's heroes. And, and while we talk, I can maybe <laughs> try to look at it and see where we put her. Gondo, do you remember where you where you had her? I was just pulling up my sheet and I got there. My last ranking of her was nineteen. Nineteen, okay. So middle of the pack for you. A little bit higher than the middle, but yeah, that was when there were forty three heroes. I think we're up to more than that now. Right. Yeah, and I I have not only our entries, but I can tell you, I th oh, it's the wrong, uh, we'll keep talking. I'll, I'll find it. But, uh, but I, I think we have what the entire, uh, entire right, league. Right. Said. Yeah. I, I, I have her in my top 10, but my top 10 is probably 13 or 14 heroes. So that's where she lives. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense by the way that I keep track. It's fine. I love her. Uh, I have her 19th out of, out of about 40. Okay. So okay, right in the middle, but I, you know, I, I I probably hire now that I played her a bit. It's she's fun. She, you forget how fun she is. Yeah. You also we had um, as we'll see in a little bit. We played her last as a dedicated hero, or she was in leadership. It was leadership, and we got to choose her. But we we played her in uh, season thirteen, I think. Last. This is where I really discovered, and Greg, you'll come talk about this a little bit more. But this is where I really discovered how fun the winter soldier pieces and being able to do rapid response and kind of keep on keeping him in play and cycling him and all that sort of fun stuff. What about Ebony Ma? Gondor, are you telling us about Ebony Ma? I believe so. He's the, for those who don't know, and I suppose most of you do, he's the first villain of the mighty Titan shadow box. <laughs> I said that wrong on purpose. <laughs> Burn. Yes, that's an inside joke. But He's one of the few mystic villains. That doesn't matter here, but it could be fun if you're playing Rogue. Um, his main hook is spells. He's got four of them. And um, as you watch the counters tick down, you'll get an increasing sense of dread waiting for the next encounter card to accidentally pop three of them at the same time. Um, there's Fireball, which is four counters and does four damage to your identity. There's Rubble Storm, which is three counters and does two damage to each character you control, a.k.a. the worst one. Um, manipulation, which is two counters, and you discard one and confuse. Pacification, which is three counters and exhaust all upgrades and stun. Um, most of his other encounter cards um, interact with these spells by damaging you based on how many you have, removing counters from spells, maybe finding another one if you don't have any. Um, so basically just ways to accelerate you and punish you for having spells in your play area. Um, there's another one that's restrained, which exhausts your highest attack character and prevents them from readying until you spend resources. And there's a couple side schemes which force you, which ask you to take damage or make the crisis threats threshold higher. Yeah, I think I think we mentioned this previously because I think we 
play I think we've talked about Ebony Maw. We played we obviously have played him in the league. He has the hooks of one of the overarching things that all the baddies have in Aeon's End, which is a cooperative deck builder, is kind of this thing shows up on the board and there's a countdown timer that you're watching. Unlike Aeon's End, uh, you have no opportunity to get rid of these spells. Aeon's End, you sometimes can interact, spend a crap ton of resources to get rid of them. But um, I do really like that thing, and I actually kind of hope it's a thing they do explore a little more in this game. I, I like seeing those things coming from from a distance. Yeah, it's an interesting way to interact with the game that feels unique to Ebony Moss. So it's, it makes him pretty fun and fresh when you go and play him after a while. The, the big knock on him, because I actually do overall quite like him as a villain um, but i think the big knock on him is that four players there's if you're playing on expert you just kind of exhaust all the spells and you never see anymore so the a lot of the things you kind of bump up against some of the weird choices they made when it's solo or four player you really see weird limitations but at, at two or three players i think he works really well yeah and it's interesting this is one where I, i've had a couple of games where fireball has been like stacked one after the other yeah, or, or yeah. <laughs> and so like y- y- you can die in this game in this uh, scenario for sure because of just getting a bad draw of rumble storm or fireball um and not having the ability to sort of easily flip to to mitigate and heal some of it because healing oh, yeah. isn't very common um so so yeah especially if you're not playing production where you can get things like toughs or um, or or healing easily. It's uh yeah. The, you're you're playing with fire, and so you want to try to finish the scenario as quickly as possible for for the counter uh, counter piece of it. I've definitely died to double fireball, rubble storm, all triggering on the same turn. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's definitely happened to me before. Um, Rocket has nine health, similar to Black Widow, but <laughs> Rocket does not do well against the double fireball. You know, I think a pretty fun design. I think there's some limitations. A lot of the rest of his kit is pretty mediocre so yeah he has a little bit of a spooky side uh spooky main scheme for solo champions league and that it's six and he always has yep. at least two schemes so there's if he ever does scheme you're kind of really scared when you're flipping over that boost because it could be a three and then he had really no say in yeah flipping over to main scheme too uh, yeah exactly um ship command yeah um it's the milano um the milano encounter set um it's sort of a free clink carrier sort of and and that you can sort of activate it for a free wild resource but the rest of the modular set usually asks you to exhaust it um, whether that's to um, satisfy a peril card which um, either asks you to exhaust the milano there's three of them exhaust the milano spend two of one type of resource each each of the three resources represented across them and and the third effect of either stunning the first player, three damage to the first player, or discarding one random card. Um, there's special delivery, which is exhaust the Milano or take an activation with plus one. Scheme if you're an alter ego attack, an attack if you're in hero form. And rogue vessel, which is an environment. There's not many environment encounter cards, so that's mm-hmm. pretty fun. Uh, except for what it does, in that <laughs> it deals one damage to each player at the end of each villain phase. And to get rid of it, you have to exhaust the Milano and spend two resources. A terrible card to get early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to build up, and then taking damage, and exhausting the Milano. <sighs> and, you, and you can't use the Milano resource to satisfy one of those two resources, because... Because you have to exhaust the Milano. Because you have to exhaust the Milano, so... Even yes. more painful. Sh- Ship Command's an interesting one, because it, it's a thing that, against even, you know, not the scariest encounter sets, makes you still a little reluctant to take more than one encounter card at a time, because when you start getting doubled up on some of these, they do start to be really annoying when you no longer have the choice to exhaust them all in order to deal with one. Yeah, although if you're taking one at a time, it's usually like, okay, I guess I just won't get the wild resource next turn, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. usually a pretty good trade for an encounter card in yeah. most books. You're almost happy to see it if you're just getting one because it's it's kind yep. of a, a weak impact. But uh, but yeah, if you get dealt two or three and <laughs> that's your second or third one after it's exhausted, it's it's real bad. Yeah, dealing with an encounter card for one resource is a great trade. Yeah, indeed. Black Order. Black Order. So these are Ebony Ma's friends from <laughs> uh, Infinity War. Uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, he, there's two minions. They're they're both kind of big. Black Dwarf uh, is a three attack and overkill, six health. Uh, 
super giant, two uh, two with five health and quick strike, quick strike and a stun. Um, but uh, so, so, but again, I think one one thing I've noticed at least this scenario is that the the encounter deck was pretty big, and because uh, you don't want to stick around that long for Ebony Maw, I didn't see a ton of these other cards. Um, and so Black Order was a you know. Uh, a, a decently uh you know tricky uh encounter set because of you know the minions are fairly big um and then you also have um i think blood despair activates the minions or it finds one and usually they're not in in, in play anyway so it's kind of it kind of fishes for uh, one of the two minions right. um and then there's a pretty easily cleared side scheme the black order so overall i like i didn't really get any a lot of difficulty from this just because i think the encounter deck was fairly big mm-hmm. um and it was diluted by the last side uh, scheme we have, which is, uh, I think, like <laughs> the literal literal first uh, um, encounter set you get when you uh, learn how to play Marvel Champions, which is Bomb Scare. Uh, it's like baby's first encounter set. Um, and it's like the, almost the easiest you could get. You know, it's like a two threat acceleration uh, scheme, which is very pretty easy. Uh, you got your Hydra Bombers. So, yes, here's where Hydra shows up in space. Uh, just those two guys, um, and then false alarms, uh, which confuse you. Which you know that's a little bad. So, but it's not really that tricky of a encounter set. No. Uh, and again, it's just diluting the deck even more with, uh, with with cards that don't really hurt you that much. So, what took us so long to finish our games then? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know why it, was, it took me so long because I played leadership and I can't not like build. Uh, uh, but I think it, you probably were better off going fast. I don't know. I had a three-round game. Well, well do you do you want to do you want to tell us about your uh, your games, Gondo? Uh, sure. Um, so I I went with aggression, which is interesting for me. Usually, given the choice of mm-hmm. aspect, I'll pick protection. Um, but I went aggression this time because I was feeling that was the thing to do. Um, I don't think I did anything too crazy. I had clobber, drop kick. The three different types of aggression resources. That's aggressive energy, audacity, and the power of aggression. Plus a bunch of allies that gave statuses and or were a physical resource to help with the dropkick. Um, special effect of stunning and drawing a card. Because my objective was to never let Ebony Maw activate so he wouldn't cast his spells at me. And um, that was on the whole successful. He never cast a single spell on me. Um, however, um, I did and some games in a non-clean state because balls were about to go off and I didn't want them to, so I opted to leave one or two threat on the board (laughs) in the name of not being blasted by three spells, which I felt was a fair trade. Um, (laughs) I won all three games. Uh, They went in the order of seven, three, and five round wins. And um, game three was actually a five-round clean board, which is pretty exciting, but the seven and three round games were not. Well, I mean, you did pretty well. You didn't finish top three, but I... Are you even maybe the fourth in, in aggression this past round? Um, I honestly you might have been that. or maybe maybe fifth. Anyway, you did you did pretty well. It's a pretty good, pretty solid score. Yeah, I was pretty content with it. Greg, what about you? So I I took advantage of the fact that round one doesn't really impact your season score that much. <laughs> uh, <because laughs> Listen to this guy. It's supposed to be kind of the warm up round. So there was a fun. Um, I don't think I'd played it before, but it was a it was a Black Widow kind of sneak attack leadership deck, and the sort of bit of it is because sneak attack isn't a card I play a whole lot. It, it sort of you know lets you basically enter a really expensive uh, ally for cheap, but then you have to discard the ally at the end of the phase. Um, but there's a lot of uh, allies that have uh, interplay effects, so it doesn't even need to be revealed. Like uh, Nick Fury still used to get the three cards from that. Uh, you get the stun for Mockingbird. Ray Hill, you can also uh, draw a card for. So I was trying to use that. And then when they're out, if you have things like Command Team, you can get a couple uses out of them uh, before they leave. Um, especially if you can get uh, big old chunky Dum Dum Dugan out and get him to swing a couple times. That's that's pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um and and it, there was kind of a mini shield build to it as well because uh, Black Widow is technically shield on alter ego side, um, so you put things like government liaison to kind of uh, uh, you know reduce costs and Agent Thirteen kind of helps uh, untap things. So so it, it was it was kind of you know half sneak attack half half uh, half shield style deck, 
Um, but then when I act, so I, I stuck with that deck, even though at the end of the day, I used those features a little bit. Um, I was basically just playing the good Black Widow cards and getting a lot of preparations out and trying to do all the good things with it. The one good thing, though, is that if you do did pay for a big ally, rapid response is a preparation in, in, in leadership. So you're able to kind of get um, get some of those big, big heroes to, to come back one more time and do a couple more activations. So I ended up with clean boards, but I think I had like eight turn average or something super long. Um, so I ended up kind of in the middle of the pack. I think I think only one of my rounds had a lower hero score, but but generally I did well, except for the fact it took us way too long, which in Ebony Maw, you don't want to do, but I kind of looked at it. I don't think I ever got like a massive uh, burst of, of those spells, mainly because I think the encounter deck was on the bigger side, so it kind of diluted the spells coming out. So it's interesting because with that deck, you're typically trying to play where you're flipping a lot, and Ebony Maw... If you're not playing justice, is is a little tricky to flip against. Was that terrifying yeah. for you? Uh, I got lucky with that confuse uh, card from her. So I think there's two of those in her deck. So I was I did lean right. into that whenever I had it because uh, that did help. I, I didn't flip a ton. I, th I think maybe I, I would flip like maybe one more time back per game, but it was usually when I had that confuse access. Right. And and Professor X or did you add Professor X? I th I'm I'm I might have yeah I. I I linked to the actual like deck on the uh, Marvel CBCDB, but um, I, I think I probably did put Professor X in there. It seems like a natural. Right. The so there's an there's an interesting interaction that I actually failed to to recognize until late. But the safe house that she has, and I was flipping a lot. But the safe house she has is actually a shield location. So Agent Thirteen works with her, which means you can grab a whole bunch of extra preps. Mm on top of the first one, right? So when you're flipping down, yeah, you can yeah. grab two preps on one turn and two preps on the next turn. It's pretty, pretty spectacular number of resources. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember I had games where I had like maybe like five or six preparations out and they either weren't triggering or, or for whatever reasons. So, you know, you, I, was, I was super built up by the end. Yeah, Widow's Bite often felt like cost reduced for Winter Soldier fodder for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, yeah, I don't know if I ever triggered... Widow's Bite, the entire thing. Yeah, and her 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 suit is one thing. I, the sink suit I never got out. Um, it, it's I didn't cool, bother. It's yeah, I didn't bother with that one. I got it out one game because I just had nothing better to do, but I, I think I triggered it once or twice. Right. So I play Justice, and you might both be shocked to learn I actually used some shield in my Justice. And Kind of like Gondo, I was really trying to play to avoid the spells ticking down, but I was using Confuse more than than Stun because uh, I just had Mockingbird for the Stun. But I did manage to have two six-turn games where I didn't have the Fireball go off, which was pretty. The Fireball I started with go off, so that was that was pretty awesome. I was kind of felt like it was pretty fine fine-tuned to make it all work, and it. It was interesting because it's the the two games I finished at six, and then the last one was at seven. But the two games I finished at six, I had to actually flip down and find. I had to kind of luckily draw into an ally to find that last little bit of damage. I actually needed to finish Ebony Maw off, so I felt like I lucked into those two first wins in terms of being in six rounds. And then in the final game, I had this spectacular. You know, speaking of five preps, Greg, I had a spectacular round or turn six where i managed to set off five preps on the villain's turn and then oh, i was wow. i was one damage short after after all of that so so, so it was kind of all for naught because i was gonna you know i would have won either way on the on the next turn anyway but so it was pretty exciting but i didn't manage to get that last that last single single damage but the the thing that was fun for playing shield is that you can then use global logistics to set up the cards that you want to set off the right. preps you're going to want to set off, which was that was that was the part of the game that I was really um, enjoying. Yeah, that seems fun. Yeah, make sure treachery hits or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So d ditch the things that your preps aren't going to pay attention to, and and keep the things that preps are going to get attention to. And so, and you know, so I'd be doing things like spycraft into something else, just being like because that's going to be a ping damage, right? Pretty fun. 
it's 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 one one big satisfying part of this scenario is that you know one of the one of the you know things you're trying to do in the SEL is is to have a clean board mm-hmm. and you know you get dinged for you know side schemes and you get dinged for minions but you don't get dinged for those spells so if you can be, you can beat Ebony Maw and it's like three spells out and they're all about to go off and you can just like thumb your nose at it and say that didn't cost me anything <laughs> against this score yeah that was my that was my seven round game I had five spells out and three were about to go off i'm like this game's ending with two threat on the board no matter what yeah (laughs) Yeah. like we're not going through a film phase there's a few scenarios that are like that where you can leave the board in a pretty bad state from the perspective of if this went another turn it's going to be terrible but it doesn't hurt your score yeah, it's it's so fun when you can pull that off. It's it's kind of like what you were talking about before. It's like when in this in round two, I think I ended a game where I was able to flip into alter ego, heal, and then have an ally finish the villain off, and that's always fun right. too because yeah. it's like yes. <laughs> game flying. Let's look at the overall results by percentages. Thirty eight percent played justice, twenty seven aggression, eighteen leadership. 14 protection and 3% basic, which I think based on the number of people we had, that was just two people. So we had a generous rounding up to get to three there. In terms of approval rating, for for those of you who need a bit of a reminder, approval rating combines both the performance from things like our number of turns, the however much health is left on the villain side, however much health is left on the hero side, how much threat is left on schemes, and then some mystic dark art formula to make it so it's kind of roughly even between all the choices the players had, which in this case was was aspects. Basic for the first time ever finished last. Shocked. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, protection finished first. Well, there wasn't any spider people, or or I guess shield could have. You can kind of squeak by a shield deck with basic, but I'm thinking like yeah. you know those classic. Spider or uh, yep. or guardians where where basic becomes a, a very viable option. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. So pr- protection finished in first by goodly margin, uh, approval rate, average approval rating of one hundred seven point eight, and then justice, aggression, and leadership were all kind of bunched up at one hundred three, one hundred two, one hundred one, and then basic was ninety nine point nine. A lot of 0.9s here, but it, anyway, so the protection kind of cleaned up, and that was the round you decided to abandon your baby, Gondo. Was I holding it back this whole time? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the issue. Oh no! Although I'd often, I'd often make the boards or the podium in protection, so I don't think that's the case. Right, that's funny to think about. It is an even more bizarro world than this because Indeed. in in protection, finishing in first place was my alliance mate Matthew Noodles, who very rarely plays protection. And definitely played an aggression protection deck. <laughs> right. It had triple fighting fit and status. I mean, it looked like a aggression stun lock deck. Ten allies. I I'm gonna just kind of comment on the player side schemes because I, you know, about half the people maybe included player side schemes. So it's you know, this is a new thing that showed up this wave, and it's interesting to pay attention to how much people are trying to include them or not include them. No, no player side schemes. Protection only has a tough one, right? The protection is probably the one where it's less valuable. Although there's a couple of good basic ones, I guess, anyone could use. Yeah, and there's another one coming up in protection, actually. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's been previewed or not. There's one that came out with Angel, but I don't know if that was in time for this round. Right. In second, coming out of the training grounds, we had TJJJ. Now, any... Any takes on how someone might say this? Uh, that's my first instinct. Is there a B in the call? Oh, sorry. When I <laughs> when I see this, I think of it like a Twitter handle that's the real uh, the real J. Jonah Jameson. Ah, that's, there that's, you go. That's what I see. So sure. Uh, so the J the J. Jonah Jameson is how how I see it. May or may not. I've always just read TJJJ in my yeah. mind. Okay, okay. So th- this was a deck that was actually pretty similar to um, to Ma- what Matthew Noodles was doing with lots of status, you know, specifically stunning effects, mm-hmm. triple fighting fit, but also return the favor. 
So this one's a, an event that's discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until you discard a treachery, reveal that treachery, deal five damage to the villain. Right, and we, as we were discussing, a lot of the treacheries are just these dinky little Milano ones that make you... What's the encounter set actually called? Ship Command? Thank ship you. Command. Yeah. Uh, the dinky little Ship Command ones that just make you tap the Milano or something like that, so you, you know, this is a pretty efficient way to get some damage done. And you have some 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 preparations that can cancel those too. If you, if you get you know, also a have some preparations, so that's a fun thing to play into villain activations and potentially be able to to actually cancel them. So that was a that was a fun card to see included and to see somebody do well with. I think that's always it's kind of the double whammy of people including really fun things and then actually doing quite well with with their fun choices. And then we had third was Chuchunas um, coming out of flight two in protection. We didn't get a deck from them. Um, Justice, I, I ended up being in third and was the only person who shared a deck. Well, I didn't even really talk about my deck, but I'll talk about it in a sec. Uh, but we had Pack Attack, CB in first, and Kermity in, in second, coming out of flight two. And then, so yeah, I played kind of a very light shield build. I only had one surveillance team with my Monica Chang, for example, but it was all to trigger global logistics so that I could do the really fun deck manipulation to set up my preps. And then I played Upside the Head, which is a a new card that we got with with Psylocke. When you you attack the the villain, you get to also confuse, or when you attack whatever, you get to also confuse it. And so it was some extra status effects and could flip just a crap ton. Did you ever get the stun out of Upside the Head? Don't. I don't think I ever bothered, but I think the, the I did I did stun twice, maybe three times, but I think it was always Mockingbird. Fair enough. Funny, you know, this is a scenario where Mockingbird's really nice because you also end up using her just to get the threat from one down to zero on the main scheme and all these other things. So she has, in addition to doing her stun, she has a bunch of extra nice little functionality that causes you not to have to use a bunch of resources on some of those things. I'm looking at your deck, and you also went to, with build support, so you have a player's side scheme. But then I'm, I'm, what support did you build? The whole deck was meant to actually get your... What's their thing called? Uh, Safe House yeah. 29 out. Because um, I wanted to flip oh, so every turn. fish for it, I see. So it's yeah. not expensive, but you can still fish yeah. for it. Yeah, because I, was... I was playing fast. But it always ended up, build support was way more expensive of a solution than anything else that I wanted to do. So I never actually used it once. And so I live in deep regret over that choice. <laughs> um, but that's fine. You know, you're just sort of allowed to do that. I, I would probably replace that either with float like a butterfly which is another one of the new cards that came with psylocke and is one that's uh, when a character you control attacks a confused enemy increase the amount of damage from that attack or sorry that that attack deals to the enemy by one so once you confuse the the enemy you can then really swarm them except for i found that you know, most of the time on a turn when I would confuse, I didn't have a lot of other things to spend on doing damage, and I actually wanted to flip down because of all the resources I would gain from doing yeah. so. So I don't know if I would do that. Maybe I'd do Agent 13 and try to get Safe House, just get way more resources out of Safe House. I don't know. It, it, it's an awesome card, I think, especially if you, you're you going to play a slightly longer game. I yeah. tried it for this round because we're playing Justice this round too. Yeah. But, but this round, obviously, the, the games go by so fast because of all the different things that you will talk about next next episode. Um, it, it, it didn't the timing didn't make it pay off, but it's a fun card regardless, because you can definitely see uh, some interactions of, you know, stun lock or confuse mm -hmm. lock uh, builds where you're just, you know, getting a lot of damage out of it. Greg, sometimes the game only goes one turn. <laughs> right. Well, that's for next week. Uh, three turns was what I was consistent about. I couldn't go. Uh -huh. So anyway, that was that was fun. Um... A aggression. We ha we got lots of very familiar names coming out of aggression. So we had in first place was Rekatol. People did status lock, just kind of like Gondo, you know, recognized not not letting those spells tick down was definitely a way to go. And aggression has access to the Psylocke ally. So between Psylocke ally, Professor X, and and her own cards, she in covert ops, she has access to you know five confuses on top of. Um, putting some stuns in there because you're in aggression, so you can really keep the villain from, or keep Ebony Maw from having his spells tick down. No player side schemes there. Uh, Kamehameha got second, and AD3 got third. And there's a bunch of really fun stuff that AD3 did, so I kind of want to maybe spend a moment on this deck, actually. I noticed the uh, show notes don't have Kamehameha's deck, but I 
was it was it shared yes i will put the link in here please i I missed it so thank you Uh, yeah we'll have a look at that after so yeah so 83 included hand cannon which to me seemed like a very odd choice and then kind of read through their their write-up and thought a little bit about what how it felt when i was playing and now i'm i'm kind of on board with the with this hand cannon and so it's basically because you know psylocke's in there and professor x is in there and there's a lot of confuses in there you're not worried about staying quite as on top of the main scheme threat as you might normally be with a with a villain that has such a low threat threshold so you're actually going to potentially be attacking a lot more with black widow in with that strategy and so hand cannon all of a sudden does become a lot more valuable than i would have pictured if you asked me about it in the first place so I, I thought that was really fun also saw and maybe we'll see this in kamehameha as well but um aggressive energy so this is the resource card when you spend this to play an attack event that event deals one additional damage so that just happens to work with dance of death which has three instances of damage um, but it's all okay. one attack event so that's that's super fun yeah i had that combo in my deck and it worked out and that's uh part of the reason i got a three-turn win one game yes other than that, we got, you know, press the advantage was a super cheap thing to do that while you're already basically stun locking. Did you have press the advantage, Gondo? No. It was not on my radar. <laughs> yeah, this was a pretty fun deck. Lots of different things that I that I liked about this one. Apparently, lots of different things I liked about Gondo's deck, too. Also, 11 allies. That was the high count for the top three finishers for the number of allies. So, and there's, I mean, there's so many good allies in, in both aggression and basic. So, there you go. And we know allies kind of rule the day in solo champions league because their their health helps you with your score. So that on top of everything else they do, they also just help you with your final score. Yeah, I also had eleven allies. Yes, tied. Except uh, eighty three just played better than. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's look at leadership. In top place was UNC Dave that did the amazing move of playing their deck from the last the last time we had leadership black widow season 13 round five just an avengers same, assemble deck exact same deck, <laughs> exact same deck wow. um and was the top finisher in leadership so <laughs> was it the top finisher last time oh i don't know about that i didn't check but oh, okay. um yeah. that is really really funny and Finished with the same uh, average number of turns as you did, Gondo. Five. Except a little bit cleaner, huh? A little bit cleaner. And then second place was Jarrett. Jarrett uh, is the only person that shared a deck on, in this context anyway, that tried to do the digging deep and, and White Fox fun stuff. And so built, built a deck with Call for Aid um, to dig for an Avengers ally. And then all those discarded cards you get to do stuff with potentially if you're using your your white fox ally or you're digging deep and and use that for resource generation and stuff and then had other just regular old leadership goodies like as we know rapid response is awesome with black widow and command team and um just a crap ton of good allies and then goliath and power man to really take advantage of getting out there and leaning into the command team and then finally caliban who's another X Force ally that does a similar thing. So after Caliban enters play, discard cards from the top of your deck until an X Factor X Force or X Men ally is discarded. Add that one to your hand, and then I think the only one we have would be Professor X that would actually hit that. So you discard a yeah. crap ton of your deck, get your White Fox out, get your digging deep. Fun. That is super fun. I mean, my gosh, playing this with Domino, can you imagine? The, all all the all the discard effects. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Have you two? played around with putting digging deep and and white fox into into different heroes yet not outside of domino yet no yeah just domino for me it's she's so fun like her her even pre-con deck is pretty great so like i've i've mostly been sticking to that those you know both the posse cards and the the discard related ones it's a funny choice to have done this with Black Widow. I think it was just Jarrett was thinking this would be a fun thing to do. But there are some heroes where it leans into what they already do a little bit. You know, Star-Lord doesn't mind going through his entire deck because encounter cards are, are resources for him. Ms. Marvel 
has her alter ego ability that lets her discard cards till she finds something she wants and stuff like that. So there's a bunch of heroes that actually that this sort of thing does synergize a little bit with, and I think there's quite a bit of fun space to explore there. Yeah, it's 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 like it, it takes you like you know a couple weeks just to kind of familiarize yourself with the hero itself, and then yeah, like all of a sudden something unlocks about <laughs> right. Hey, discard work lots of other things. It's it, it's kind of hilarious, um, and I'm sure this is where. FFG spends a lot of its time testing things because they, they know there's going to be some hidden way to break the game if they don't figure it out ahead of time. And then in third, we had uh, Yoda Man, 1,971st of their name, uh, that had a lead from the front, Ally Swarm with a couple of rapid responses because everybody in leadership plays rapid responses because it's a sensible thing to do, and um, had build support. Oh, I forgot to mention Jarrett had call for backup um, for a player side scheme. Um, and yeah, this is a kind of just a overall pretty familiar looking deck, and but looks like they did great with it. I don't know. I feel like I don't see inspiring presence or leaves from the front a lot, so that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, okay, okay. The well, kind of leaned into the command team, um, inspiring presence, getting some extra activations out of things. But yeah, so that's yeah, in part leading into Winter Soldier, right? So you get Winter Soldier just run through his activations. Rapid response him back, run through activations, right? You can, and then he's he's just so so efficient. He's got four health. Yeah, for sure. For free, right? For nothing. For nothing. Yeah, but but, but have you ever explored Dum Dum Dugan? I I definitely had because the deck you were talking about uh, that you played, Greg, um, in in season thirteen, round five, I played a shield deck where I actually started with that because of Brian B deck, right? The that sneak attack one um right. and then what i found is i was really liking those two combos of either dum dum dugan or winter soldier into command team and yeah. so that's that's how i actually leaned into the deck and so i made a deck that was really focusing on recurring those two characters yeah yeah no right no yeah it's it's i i, I think the, the issue i was playing with it was that like I, I was playing a deck that was set up to do one thing and i kept just doing the black widow stuff <laughs> So it, it it it's like the the pilot does matter, I guess. It's not just the deck. Uh, um, well, I I actually did my regular thing of I didn't play basic, but I played through I played every aspect um, a little bit just to, I always like to get a sense of what the game feels like from the different aspects. So I played Matthew Noodle's deck, did surprisingly well with it for just trying it out in it. Did you get to steal any of the uh, big minions of Karma? No, you can't, right? Because they're both elite. That's what we figured out in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to. You wanted to. A poke there. <laughs> noodle, you wanted you wanted to noodle me and and Matthew noodles, needle me. I think I actually managed to hit fighting fit, which is you know non-trivial because you do have to actually be at maximum health. So to make good use of it anyway. And then I played leadership. I just kind of brought back that deck that I had played before, but I also brought in call for backup, which is one of the new player side schemes, and you know made a few other little tweaks, and that was really fun. But the because it the whole deck was so focused on wanting, still wanting to flip a lot, and Ebony Maw is crappy to flip against. If you don't have good access to Confuse, I I didn't end up sticking with that one. Um, and I don't even remember what I played in Aggression, but I think I did some toe-to-toe stuff. Whoa. And then I was like, this, this is a terrible idea. And then I did a stun look. Yeah, toe-to-toe yeah. seems a little bit suspicious. Like, hey, give me the spells faster, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think it was the very first thing I did, and then very much regretted the decision I had made. Well, I wasn't planning on playing aggression anyway, but I, you know, that was the, I just I often will play a first few games to familiarize with myself a scenario with a scenario with a thing that I don't actually plan on using for that round to kind of do do my little tour of all the different options. So yeah, I jumped into aggression, and then I was like, oh yeah, toe to toe, that'll let me trigger preps and then realized how that was just a very very silly choice yeah because we alluded to this but the reason you're seeing so much stunts and confusing is that ebony maw's countdown gets that's the only way to hold off the countdown is by not making yep. him activate yeah yeah so the, the mini game was making it to the end without having had the initial spell that came out go off oh right yeah among the aggression decks i definitely saw a lot of commonality in the uh allies chosen you got your Psylox, you got your yeah. Dropkick, that's not an ally, obviously, but you got your X's, you, you got your Mockingbirds. Yeah, you Dropkick ally, does four damage and draws you a card and stuns the enemy. 
It's, it's like a chub block. And, and Mockingbird and Professor X seem like they're, they're in almost every deck here. And you can also see why the protection decks were also really leaning into something that looks an awful lot like an aggression stunlock deck as well. Yep. yep. Um, deck awards. So I don't know. My two favorite were um, the hand cannon that I mentioned in uh, 83 for the Rocket Raccoon Tinkering Award for most clever tech. So I really like that hand cannon after some reflection. And then, of course, the Jarrett going with the call for aid and digging deep um, in this, just trying to make it make it happen. I don't know. Do you any other nominees or do you uh, like one of those more than the other? Either of you? Mm. I'm just so excited by the digging deep and white fox shenanigans that will yeah. start to happen in this okay. game. Yeah, that's super fun. Yeah, that's fun. And honorable mention uh, to return the favor, which I thought was also a really fun one from the J. Jonah Jameson. Right. Yeah, indeed. Everybody had so many aspect cards. We're not going to hand out the Astrodar Award this week. Yeah, you got to earn it, right? You got to yeah. really, like, yeah. You have to do one or two. I think there should be a threshold. This is my favorite award. And I also still still am saying we should call it the honorary or not the pre-memorial because I think we're tempting fate. Uh, I know. I know. Um, Writing a very good blog. We should plug Astrodar's blog is great. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah. Read the blog. He he posts his articles on the Solo Champions League Discord, on the subreddit, on... The main Marvel Champions one, the also on the MCM one, so there, it's definitely around. You can find it pretty easily. It's been really fun. He's been engaging in kind of these nice, long, drawn-out conversations, and then crystallize or putting down some thoughts, sharing them, getting a bunch of feedback on them, and then crystallizing them and and putting them putting digital pen to digital paper. And I definitely, yeah, they've been really great articles. Agreed. And and he's a he's a master of uh, the clever GIF. GIF. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's yeah, it's dad joke mania. Yeah, I definitely enjoy reading all the articles. Or airplane joke media uh mania. Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. The if only Quicksilver actually played this fast deck award. Goes to UNC Dave at five turns and honorable mention to Gondo at five turns. But I wasn't in the podium, so congratulations, UNC Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We didn't have. I don't think we had anybody that was had treacherous scores and just went uber fast this time. I do love those though. You mean the reckless? Yeah, I, I tried. I tried to do it. <laughs> I, I tried to do it, but I had there were too many roadblocks. So then... Oh, I missed this. Andy Leedy had a three point seven one and a you know reasonably yeah. respectable score overall. A little bit messy. A little bit messy, but that, that's the fun. That's the fun thing, right? These people who have these like awesomely fast rounds um, and just remind me of my my very silly self. Um, my my plan B award for most surprisingly effective deck. I don't know if you two will agree with this, but I think UNC Dave rolling back their season 13 round five deck card for card and and taking the leadership race with that. That's pretty surprising. I think that it's relative to a, a, an award we don't give out or you don't give out, but it's like most use of a card from the core box, right? right? It was an Avengers <laughs> Assemble like core box, like still, still works, still effective. Hey, I saw a lot of Nick Furies and Mockingbirds out there. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. So we got Mockingbird like four more times after that still. I usually played her when I saw her. The Party of the Triskelion Award for most allies, 83 with 11 allies and honorable mention to Gondo again for 11 allies, right? If only I did better. <laughs> be tying a lot of these awards. You can't win the award. You're part of the committee. We're not, we're not the uh, Golden Globes. Uh, they're rules. Yeah. yeah, I'm out here defending the honor of these mighty contestants <laughs> who actually placed in the top three while Joss is trying to <laughs> fluff me up <laughs> with unearned, unearned valor. Well, I... <laughs> Part of restricting it to the top three is so that people who make very ridiculous choices or have zero percent win rates or anything like that aren't winning winning awards for just kind of getting getting in there with weird things. But you did very respectably, so I don't think giving you an honorable mention is is too out of. I'm just trying to maintain the integrity of the award system. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I, I have a new award. Tell me how you like this 
award name. Mm. The, Bar- the Baron Zemo Dancing on His Own Award for Fewest Allies. <laughs> solid. Solid, yeah. good award category. Yeah. So the, the J. Jonah Jameson, a.k.a. TJJJJ, had it seven allies in protection. So not that few, but I just, I, I thought of the award name, so I, d- I had to assign it. So if I go for one ally who is a aspect card, I could go for a two for one. Yeah, I was I was simultaneously thinking of a one card, one as or fifty card, one ally, one yes, aspect card. card. Get like gather all the awards I can. <laughs> make it a rush deck, so I'm also the fastest. I will be so thrilled. Or you, you know what? It's probably easier if you just make it the slowest. That's an easier way yeah. to get it. Well, you have to right. finish in the top though. That's true. Oh yeah, that's the. And then, as we mentioned, uh, TJJJ uh, also was top score in the training grounds. So that's a new mutant award for a top score in the training grounds, which is just something that even if they don't finish in top three in any of the things, I usually like to highlight who whoever's doing great in the training grounds. But but they actually finished in the top three. Congratulations to them. We welcome them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid, solid initial showing. Anything else you two want to t- touch on? I just like it when the people from the training grounds do really well and then they surge past me in the rankings, even though I've been playing this for three years. And it's it's just nice to know that the young people are much more capable than me. It's fun to see. Dondo? Uh, I, I, I didn't have a comment on the Solo Champions League, so if anyone else has... I was just going to ask favorite hero, favorite new hero, favorite new villain since oh. our last recording. So it'd be like the next evolution box and Cable, Domino, Psylocke, Angel. That's our that's our current list we're picking from right now. Uh, yeah, just basically new since our last recording. Okay, do you want to start? No, I was asking you guys. <laughs> Domino is my by far my favorite. I haven't played Psylocke a ton. Uh, I like Angel a lot. Angel's probably my number two, but uh, boy, um, so, uh, just the shenanigans that you can do with uh, all the discard stuff is so so fun. And and you can the sharpshooter card I think is kind of like slightly buster. You know the idea yes. that you can put all these buffs on everything you discard is is crazy. Um, so I had a lot of fun just doing um, doing the whole campaign with uh, honestly the precon deck with like one or two you know cards I, I swapped out, but you didn't really need to. It was like one of the best precon decks ever. It's fun. Yeah, as a person whose favorite hero is Rocket, you can imagine that Domino also kind of sings for me. I do, I do absolutely love Domino, and I actually quite love Psylocke as well. And I think the other two new heroes of the list are also quite fun. So not even, not even to diminish the other two, I actually think all four are are really fun. But but Domino is just oh my gosh. And the X Men generally had a pretty good hit rate, but you know, there's a Phoenix in there. There's a- yeah. <laughs> one or two that are a little, a little harder to, to pilot. Uh, but so far, I think they're four for four for the X-Wars. So they're all real good. And the next two look really fun as well. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's pretty close between Angel and Domino. I knew you were going to say Angel. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty fun. Um, I, I don't know. I like the aerial trait. It's fun. It's a good trait. <laughs> right. And you're finally getting more cards with him that make Ariel even more viable. So I think that Ariel as a strategy is Yeah, that was great. part of my two handed solo exploration. I was doing an Ariel team up because I also really like Spectrum. So just yeah. like making an Ariel team up sort of superpower team was a lot of fun. But I also do enjoy Domino. I played Domino through Next Evolution and had a lot of fun. The ongoing reports of your Angel and Spectrum games were a very strong hint that you were going to put Angel up there. Yeah, I was having a good time. <laughs> now, now we know we, we know X-23 and Deadpool are going to be the last, I think the last two of the X-Force yep. cycle, and then they're going to do maybe another X-Men one with probably Apocalypse. That's what they're suggesting. But my question is, we, we have this new <laughs> pool aspect that's going to come with Deadpool that feels like a gimmick. But will they eventually add another hero that can use the pool aspect? Or is the pool aspect going to just never get built any further than this? Like, are we getting a Gwenpool yeah. or the, uh, the the dog or any, <laughs> any of these other? <laughs> right. Uh, or maybe unknown. a pool expansion. Unknown. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it would be a little bit silly to make it a one-off. So I, I, I feel like it's in the future somewhere, but it's probably not regular if I were to weigh in on that. This is my this is the hint to me that yeah everyone wants Daredevil everyone wants like Street Heroes that's in Fantastic Four all that stuff's coming probably 
But I imagine there's going to be some kind of weirdo cycle, which is like the Howard the Duck, uh, Cosmo, you know, like <laughs> Lockjaw, like all the mm-hmm. pets maybe, or just the weird heroes like Impossible Man and Gwenpool, like the just the silly heroes. Like mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there's some, and we already have Spider Pig, right? We are we, we know that's possible. So I, I I'm excited for that idea. Like let me give me all the just silly dumb. Let me play with dogs, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and uh, Flarkins and all that stuff. The all dog team. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? It's you know Arkham Horror has done this already. Like Arkham Horror put out a Barkham Horror set yeah. that is a dog dog themed Arkham Horror set, which I own and have never played because I'm playing too much Champions. But I right. need to play it again because it's dogs. That would certainly be a good ongoing April Fools' thing that they actually executed because that's what the Barkham Horror was, right? They I think they right. announced it as an April Fools' joke and then decided, hey, let's actually make it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine just a I mean, I mean, I mean, Howard the Duck is probably definitely going to happen at some point, right? In year five or seven, <laughs> you know, you can just look at Marvel snap cards that already exist and figure yes. out where they're going to go with this. Yeah, stuff. I, that's I was I was thinking that as well. But I, so, I mean, I think the I think one of the things is also just to look at some of these heroes like your Black Widow or your Hawkeye or or now your Deadpool, where they came they came with a thing that hasn't really been expanded much, and it almost requires another hero that uses the same sort of thing to really do a large further investment in it. So right. I, I, it feels like there might be a Kate Bishop and, you know, there might be, I don't know if it's right. a Winter Soldier or whatever, and there might be a Gwenpool or something like that. Well, the 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 secret, and who knows with all the chaos of the Disney stuff, but um, obviously the Disney shows have been laying in Young Avengers forever, you yep. know, and so the idea of doing a Young Avengers cycle could also be be something that definitely could happen. And then, yeah, you can get arrow cards with Kate Bishop again and arrow cards that are not just Clint locked, you know, to play with. Clint locked. Yeah. That's a really funny expression. <laughs> you want You wanted villains too, didn't you Gondo? Yeah. Why not? Uh, I have to think harder because I've been thinking about this now. I don't know. Greg, do you have a one that jumps to. I, I like the, I, I, I've only, I haven't played with them enough to really like, feel them as much but i like some of the things that mr sinister does i for some reason i thought it was slightly easier than i was thinking it would be right. but the idea that he can get you know super strength and, and telekinesis and get these superpowers as the as the scenario advances it was is a fun idea i don't know if if again i i've only played on standard so maybe on expert it's a little more challenging but 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 i was able to kind of you know finish those pretty easily but the, the concept behind it is cool and very on theme very on theme. I definitely like the Mr. Sinister scenario. And and with the right villains from the first two ones, I actually also quite like those because some of them are pretty darn tough. But you sometimes just kind of go through the easy ones. Yeah, I can see that. I also like Juggernaut in, in his own way because it's like you don't have a scheme loss condition per se. There's yeah. a little mini game with the helmet. I, I found that pretty fun, honestly. You get it. Also, as a protection player, you get some nice big chunky attacks to deal with. <laughs> I, yeah, theme integration is something I, I really adore when they do it right. So Juggernaut was really good on, on that because, yeah, the, it is always about getting the helmet off in the comics. So, yeah, that, that, that yeah. worked great. Yeah, it, it was more just he's pretty susceptible to confuse. So you have to set things up so that that's not you either have to be have some self-control or you need to actually put some things in there that make it so you can't just always confuse him. But he can one shot kill you, though. There is that card in there. <laughs> what it's called? Rampage? Uh, because he can. Yeah. And Cable can also get one shot killed in any scenario because uh, of his nemesis set. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's right. Tough time at the Cable office. Gondo, what, what's yours? It's tough for me between Juggernaut and Mr. Sinister because I, I do enjoy Mr. Sinister's like, um, main scheme isn't like. Uh, it feels a little bit different. Like he's powering up, and then you actually have him at his final stage in the, in sort of like a different way of progressing villain stages, if you will, which yeah. I think is interesting. And Juggernaut, for the reasons mentioned before, I'd say those two are probably my favorite out of the box. I think the general feeling is that the box is kind of relatively easy overall, kind of in comparison to other hero, other villains at the same kind of spot within their boxes. I think most of the villains in this box if you're not trying to build specifically toward them they're probably more fun a lot a lot of 
ways you can kind of game them a little bit but if you just kind of play them in a with a general deck it's kind of fun to all of a sudden have all your cards cost one more against strife or all those other little things that that happen throughout i did not like having all my zero cost cards cost one (laughs) right so but this is my exact point right that you wouldn't because you did not build toward that so yeah we we kept our deck our decks the same through the whole campaign pretty much I, I think i made one small change in mine after the first scenario just because i didn't like the inclusion of i think like one of the cards so i swapped out three copies for three copies of a better card right but that was it the, the comic nerd purist in me thinks that strife is just a silly villain that uh rob liefeld made and 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 i i think that have him be the anchor is just dumb it should be mr sinister who's the anchor he's right. much cooler he really likes capes uh, if you're reading the current X-Men comics, he is delightful. He is one of the fun, most fun characters in the whole Krakoa era. And Strife is just like, I'm Cable also. You know, like, like Strife. Come on, guys. We can do better than Strife. I will I will defer to your expertise because my, uh, my comic reading is very haphazard. So I'm not a fan of, like, 90s extreme comics where all the sort of, like, extreme, X, uh, you know, X-Force stuff came out of. I like, I like my, 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 my basics... I go Lee and Kirby stuff, and then, uh, yeah, the Krakoa stuff. Just another plug. If you read comics, the X-Men books are, are so good right now. I mean, they're just, just a lot of fun. Well, thank you both. We vamped way too long, but it was fun. I'm glad we addressed that. We had to address the X-Force in the room, so thank you, Kondo. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It was an excellent discussion. Wow. You, you're on fire today. I saved up a lot of puns over the month. Yes, well, it's, this is what happens when you don't have um, when you don't have a season where you're interacting with everybody the whole time, right? Yeah. When's when's, when's the next one we're doing here? Like what, seven, eight months from now? When will we coming back on? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Oh, no, no, you must have done that well. Live show at Con of Heroes. We'll we'll see when I listen back to this how I feel about it. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so thanks to Greg. And Gondo for for joining us this week. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on The Road to Nowhere. Goodbye.